Hello and welcome to the seventh episode of the Top 250 Podcast. I am Samwise Kane. I'm back again with Nick Watson. Doing now Return of the King, which is my all-time favorite movie. The Lord of the Rings Return of the King Extended Edition. That's right. All four plus hours of it are on the table to be discussed. But first, we need to pay tribute to... um, a departed Lord of the Rings cast member. We're filming this a few days after the 4th of July holiday. Sadly, we lost um, one of the greats uh, back in June. Ian Holm, who plays Bilbo Baggins in the film, passed away on June 19th. Uh, it was a few days after we recorded the Fellowship of the Ring podcast, which will be coming out later. Uh, Sir Ian Holm, you know, he's just always a calming presence. Uh, in a lot of movies I saw him in. Not so much Alien, though. But yeah, any uh, any favorite uh, Bilbo moments? I know most of them are in Fellowship. Well, I mean, uh, I guess his, uh, I mean, the Fellowship he at the beginning is really when he has his little starring uh, role for most of it, when he pulls his little trick at his 111th birthday, as he would say. Um, fun bit of acting that he got to do there. Um, I mean, obviously, the another notable Bilbo moment from Fellowship was uh, Scary Bilbo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that freaked out a lot of people. That came out <laughs> at Rivendell. Uh, but then you know, finishing off in this maybe is a, you know an appropriate last scene for him is when he um sails off with uh, Gandalf and Galadriel and. Caliborn and Frodo to uh, the Undying Lands. Yes. And, uh, I think that's rather appropriate. Yeah, that's a very emotional scene, um, certainly. Um, and his last credited film performance was uh, for the final Hobbit movie. And he's actually, I don't know if you saw that. I haven't seen the movie, but I did go on YouTube and look up the scene. But it uh it's a very fitting last scene for him um it's uh it, it basically it bridges uh the hobbit story to uh the beginning of the lord of the rings and uh we see old bilbo uh at the shire and uh he he hears gandalf coming um but it, it's a, it's a very nice scene uh very uh very good uh, ending to a great career. Yeah, that that scene at the end uh, is quite emotional. I actually the the part that gets me every time is when Frodo when when basically when Sam I mean I guess when all three of them find out, but especially when Sam finds out that Frodo's leaving and just like the look on his face breaks your heart. <laughs> yeah, that's great acting there by Sean Astin. Um, I will say I I didn't. Um, I didn't end up. Cry- I I that was the closest I got to crying. <laughs> Which was during yeah. that scene. I I've cried during that scene before. I think I, I don't know if I did this time. I don't think I did this time, but I have. <laughs> uh, it's it's completely fair. I'm sure yeah. the the toughest of men have have cried through that scene. It's <laughs> it's very very emotional. In fact, I I heard they had to reshoot that scene 
twice. So they shot it once, and there was an issue with uh, the continuity in uh, Sean Astin's wardrobe. So they had to shoot again. And then after they shot it the second time, there the film was out of focus. There was something wrong with the reels. <laughs> and then they had to shoot it a third time, which drove the actors crazy. They were already doing such an insane shooting schedule. I mean, they shot basically everything back to back to back. Yeah, I I think I think that scene was uh ending what four four out of five of Return of the King. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw the movie, I I literally thought it was over about five times before the movie actually ended. Um, I I did too. Like Every time it fades to black, and you're like, oh, what a lovely story. And that's like, nope, nope, okay, we got more. We got more. All right, fine, fine. Uh, all right, uh, Aragorn is uh, getting crowned king. Okay, cool, cool, nice. Oh, very good, very good. Good movie, good movie. And then, oh, oh nope, nope, we're back in the Shire. All right. <laughs> and uh, Sam is asking Rosie to marry her. That's nice, nice. Uh, what a lovely, oh, nope, nope. Okay, we're seeing Bilbo again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty funny. Um, it's although for for all the endings that they actually had in Return of the King, they actually left out one massive plot point from the books, which is the scouring of the Shire. That's right, um, Saruman. Um, he, I mean, in the extended edition that we watched, this isn't in, in the theatrical version. Apparently, Saruman dies. Um, mm-hmm. In the beginning of the movie, uh, that's not the case in the book. But yeah, Saruman went and basically enslaved all the hobbits. Um, and yeah, they called him, I think they called him Sharky. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, uh, yeah, he basically, I, I don't remember it in that much detail, but yeah, he, he took over the Shire and enslaved all the hobbits, and uh, they had to go free the Shire after. They destroyed the One Ring. Um, I suspect. So, I, I was reading that uh, Tolkien included it in the books as an allegory for sort of trying to repair Britain. Excuse me, oh, repair yeah. Britain after World War II. Uh, but all, Peter Jackson presumably decided to cut it because uh, it was 2003, and people that wouldn't have been very clear to most viewers yeah, <laughs> or any viewers. Right, and uh, it really does nothing for the main plot of of the books and the movie and it would have seemed extremely weird to have this big epic climax and then have like another kind of halfway climax without a doubt yeah there's not much of a bigger climax than dropping the ring in mordor um so i guess in the book that that battle in the shire is called battle of the bywater and they were actually Rufians who were taking over the Shire along with Saruman. Um, in the war, the Hobbits won, or the battle, whatever. Uh, Seventy Rufians were killed, and uh, 19 Hobbits died as well. But the Hobbits won. But that That's what I found in my half-ass internet research. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, well, I mean, this is also a pretty good segue into <clears throat> other um, into other deleted scenes that actually made it into the extended edition, but were not in the theatrical cut. And 
I can name, let's see, there are three that I thought were sort of disappointing omissions from the theatrical cut, but at the same time, I guess I kind of get it. Some of them I get. So anyway, the the first one we've already mentioned, which is The Death of Saruman. And this one, I feel like it's really kind of hard to forgive Peter Jackson for omitting this. Uh, like, I, my guess, like, it's really hard to say. I mean, obviously in the books he doesn't die because he goes to the scouring of the Shire. But if you're not going to have the scouring of the Shire, Saruman and Christopher Lee deserve a, sort of an ending for the story, for their character. Oh, yeah. And it, the scene was not that long. You know, if you actually look at the part that was cut out, it's, I don't know, three minutes maybe. I mean, was it really was it really that critical to make the three-hour and 20-minute movie instead of a three-hour and 25-minute movie? I, I don't know. So I think that that scene really, they should have kept it kept it in. Yeah, it's um, a cool scene too, him falling off that tower there, getting impaled by... I, yeah, it was like a water wheel or something. Anyway, yeah, wheel, it was yeah. a cool death, first of all. And second of all, it also goes a little bit of the way to explaining why the Palantir seeing stone uh, that Pippin finds was just, like, sitting there in the water. Like, in the theatrical cut, if I remember correctly, it's just there. Like, Pippin just notices it, and it's just, like, in the water. Like, why would it be there? I, I don't know. Right, yeah, it's so, not explained. It, it provides a, a bit of continuity. It also gives an end to uh, Grima, Grima Wormtongues. Right character arc as well because i i think he just doesn't appear in the theatrical cut no um, no and i i do remember being a brad dora fan looking on imdb way back when and seeing that he wasn't in return of the king and it wasn't until later on when the extended edition came out that he got credited yeah because i mean he he gets a little bit of redemption i mean it's not that much i mean you could argue that he's really trying to kill Saruman for personal motives because Saruman just treated him like shit and he was, you know, and it's not that he really thought Saruman was evil. He was just upset. So it, maybe he was, it wasn't any redemption, but it's still an ending. I mean, my God. <laughs> yeah. So I, I really, I, I have no sympathy for Peter Jackson cutting that scene out. There's a lot of other cruft, I feel like in the movie that you could have chopped instead of that scene. I mean, I guess while we're talking about um, comparisons between certain versions, we can talk about uh, some things that that uh, didn't end up in either either version of the movie. Love the spider, she lob. That's actually in the Two Towers book. That that's not even in Return of the King, apparently. Uh, yeah, that that's correct. Yeah, the the Two Towers the book follows. Frodo and Sam all the way up until the orcs grab Frodo. I think is I think it, the book ends on a cliffhanger where Frodo gets stabbed by Shelob, Sam defeats Shelob, and then the orcs take uh, Frodo into captivity. Um, so I I believe that is where the two towers the book ended on that cliffhanger where you're thinking, oh god, how is Sam gonna rescue Frodo in a tower full of orcs? Whereas the other storyline, mainly with Aragorn, I think is roughly correct timeline-wise with the books. Yeah, like the, the Battle of Pelennor Fields and going to the King of the Dead, I believe, was all in Return of the King, Yeah, the book. Yeah, that did, uh, that did a fairly accurate job of um, staying in line with uh, what the book had. But I guess the 
animosity between Frodo and Sam not trusting each other, Gollum turning them against each other. That That's not in the book at all. I guess they were kind of up in the ante there. With yeah, the I mean, it, it, didn't, it didn't go on that long. Like, it really happens toward the end when they're going by Minas Morgul and up the stairs of Kirith Ungol when Frodo really turns on Sam and then Sam basically just like climbs down the stairs and then goes, God damn it. And then turns around <laughs> and goes back up. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It explains why he ended up going back. And I guess they're both in Shelob's lair in the book. I yeah. So Mount Doom in the book, Gollum, I guess just fell into the volcano accidentally in the book i think he gets the ring in the book and then starts dancing and just accidentally falls <laughs> while celebrating that is a little weird I, the movie did that better yeah. it's all the same it's just frodo kind of tackles him off the edge well actually uh, so the plan was originally i read the to have frodo kind of yank him and throw him off um the edge there but the production team was worried of that uh you know making frodo look like a murderer i mean i i i think it's well deserved but you know they're they're probably hardcore into the books and everything and see uh frodo is such a fragile character maybe they they just wanted him not to like be a killer or anything like that. So it, it's kind of like uh, I think in the movie he accidentally falls while uh, going after the ring. But yeah, definitely, definitely more climatic. That's for sure. Yeah. So let's see. The the other there was one two I would say two other fun scenes that got cut from the theatrical release that I I enjoyed, but I can forgive the cutting of them because they don't actually advance the plot at all. They're just kind of fun scenes. So the first one is uh, when Frodo and Sam um, escape the tower and are making their way across, uh, God, I think it's called the Plains of Gorgoth uh, over to Mount Doom. Mm -hmm. And uh, they essentially get... Uh, come upon by a company of orcs and they end up sort of marching with them for a little bit and then when there's uh, an inspection the you think that the inspection guy is going to find them and, and discover them but then uh, Frodo has a good idea and tells Sam to hit him and I thought that was kind of a fun scene and then they escape but doesn't actually do anything it was just a fun scene Yeah. the other one which was cut from the theatrical release and uh I suspect many listeners know what scene I'm about to refer to is um, the mouth of Sauron. Now, I actually don't know what kind of creature he is, but uh, the sort of vampiric creature that comes out of the Black Gate to treat with Aragorn and Gandalf uh, and gives them back uh, Frodo's mithril shirt. So I'm, I'm actually I'm, I'm looking this up online. The mouth of Sauron is actually a man. Um, he is just uh basically he is very old and is has survived basically by uh enchantment uh because he he does sorcery and that's basically extended his life but 
um yeah he that was i i don't know it was a fun scene uh i mean i guess yeah it is made a little bit less exciting by the fact that we know that frodo is fine um but it was i don't know i, I just like that i don't know the voice and everything the teeth that were uh digitally enhanced to be twice their normal size just very creepy yeah yeah they i think they had a another design originally for it and they they realized it was too wimpy and they went with what came in the movie and you know knowing yeah. what peter jack what kind of creatures peter jackson has put in some of his older horror movies uh he uh he certainly delivered with this one that was <laughs> that was pretty creepy yeah i have a token i was bidden to give thee <laughs> pippin has a big role and this yeah I mean, with Pippin becoming a soldier of Gondor and Merry becoming a soldier of Rohan, they, they kind of have their uh, parallel arcs going where they find their own courage and they, they both have their own battle. Merry probably does a bit more fighting than uh, Pippin did. You know, Pippin killed some random orc and uh, Merry contributed to the slaying of the Witch King. I suppose on balance, Mary did more fighting, but uh, Pippin was responsible for lighting the beacons of Gondor, which was pivotal. And I mean, his, as, as Gandalf said, he was a, a fool, but he did discover some interesting information when using the Palantir. Yeah, Gandalf is, I think he's, he's very hard on Pippin. He says, there was no lie in Pippin's eyes. A fool. But an honest fool. He remains. <laughs> when... They are meeting Denethor. He says, in fact, it's better if you don't speak at all. Oh, that was such a great scene. The whole, like, lead up. <laughs> Sorry. And don't mention anything about the ring. And don't mention anything about Boromir. In fact, it's best if you don't speak at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was really good. <laughs> and, of course, then Pippin immediately proceeds to swear an oath of fealty to Gondor. <laughs> <laughs> Gandalf's just rolling his eyes. <laughs> Which, yeah, he smacks him out of the way with his staff. But, yeah, I mean, Pippin provides a valuable service to the viewer by singing a song while Faramir dies, or almost dies. <laughs> yeah, and... It... And Denethor eats cherry tomatoes. <laughs> I feel like that could have came out so much worse... I don't know. There's some. I, I don't know what it is. Something about the popping of the cherry tomatoes while while Faramir and his men ride to their deaths. <laughs> I, I don't know what it was. I can't even. I can't even really explain it. Like I don't want to give you some thing like oh the the tomato juice symbolizes blood because I don't think that's why it's interesting. I, I just think it was like I don't know something about this guy just like doesn't give a shit at all. He's just like popping cherry tomatoes <laughs> i don't know i don't know what it was now yeah. do you I, I feel like sam doesn't get enough credit as the hero here i mean my, yeah just my, goes to show you the gardener does all the work and then the guy who lives in the house gets all the credit <laughs> <laughs> my my fiance said uh frodo didn't deserve sam just throwing it out there as I was watching the movie. 
I, I seem to remember, actually, I think I wrote a paper on this in high school, and I don't remember why or what the assignment was, but I do definitely think that I wrote a paper about Sam being the hero. I mean, he carries Frodo mm-hmm. to Mount Doom. Yep. Must he did, yeah. And Sam, Sam didn't skip leg day. Well, I guess um, the first scenes of the movie to be shot were actually done in 1999, which is kind of crazy. Since, wow. Since this came out in 2003. But I guess what happened was, uh, I mean, they were shooting Fellowship in the late 90s, and then there was flooding in one area, New Zealand, so they had to delay shooting that for a little while. So they ended up doing shots they could do in a studio, and they ended up doing a bunch of uh, the scenes with uh, Elijah Wood and Sean Astin on the the mountain, since that was not a real mountain. (laughs) Well, the movie swept the Oscars. It won every thing it was nominated for. Best Picture, Best Director, Best Writing uh, from an Adapted Screenplay, Best Film Editing, Best Art Direction slash Set Decoration, Best Costume Design, Best Makeup, Best Music Original Score from Howard Shore, Best Music Original Song, Best Sound Mix, and Best Visual Effects. That is the academy making a statement right there i'd say yeah yeah it was such i mean it was such an enjoyable movie i mean there there have been speculation for some time that a lot of the voting members of the academy don't watch all the films but everybody watched that movie (laughs) and it was very enjoyable so i can imagine everyone in the academy going well i watched a three and a half hour movie and i loved every minute of it so I guess whoever gave them the best editing uh, Oscar didn't realize that they cut out the death of Saruman. <laughs> I guess the scene where Theodon's taken charge uh, at the beginning of one of the battles, they had 150 minutes of footage of takes of him doing that, and they cut it down to 90 seconds. Like that, actually, that 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 speech by King Theoden always gets me kind of i'm like i would go into battle i would follow him into battle it gets me really kind of gets me riled up (laughs) yeah that's a good one then uh the the other sort of big scene in in that battle um was uh the when eowyn kills the witch king and that that was very cool that was actually a um sort of a, I don't know what you would call it, a sort of a Macbeth reference, actually, because there was apparently, there was a, which I don't remember from high school English, a prophecy in Macbeth which said uh, he he may not be slain by any man like a woman born, I think is what they said. Nobody born from a woman will ever harm Macbeth. And in Macbeth, uh, spoilers, I guess, for Macbeth. Um, he, he ultimately is killed by Macduff, who was born by C-section. And I guess Shakespeare thought this was unbelievably clever of him. 
uh, as if somehow a C-section means you're not born from a woman. I, I don't know. Anyway, uh, so apparently Tolkien Tolkien thought this was kind of silly and came up with a much better uh, way to solve this problem, which is no. when the Witch King says, no man may kill me, and then Eowyn says, I am no man, yeah. and stabs him in the face. Yeah, I guess in the book it's a longer speech that she has, but um, I mean it, it pretty much sums it up in one line. It's a very powerful line. It was a great line. Uh, I am no man. I remember I saw this. Reminds me of you can probably Google it yourself. Of uh, someone made a GIF of uh, the Witch King eating a Sour Patch Kid, and then it just cuts to his face like imploding. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that Peter Jackson has a cameo? Yeah, he, I, I didn't. This. I didn't spot him. So where he's, is he? He's the the pirate who gets shot <laughs> <laughs> when Legolas um, was supposed to fire a warning shot, and then Gimli kind of nudges him. <laughs> That's hilarious. The the sets were amazing um i get i guess uh, they used a lot of force perspective um on certain things to look them to make them look more grand and extravagant a lot of good camera tricks there were a lot the of city of ministry was a uh, miniature for the like far out shots it's, it's very convincing yeah, I mean that that city is just cool, like with the big stone jutting out, um, and apparently no railing on the end of it. You know, maybe I don't know. It feels kind of like a workplace hazard. Yeah, but, uh, that freaks me out. That's for sure. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it let it gave gave Denethor a pretty cool end. Almost a villain in this movie. Not. Quite. I mean, he really he really is a villain. He's sort of the only human villain he's so clearly just lusting for power i mean like when he he tells the way he talks about the ring to faramir i mean he looks like he's having an orgasm he's like he's like oh the one ring it would be brought back and kept in the vaults except at the utmost need <laughs> he's just like he's clearly he doesn't even have it and he's just getting off on the thought of that much power. Oh God! Yeah, he's just, just like his son. Worse. He's always much worse than Boromir. Boromir, I think, was fundamentally good, and he just sort of fell prey to the ring. I mean, we we saw that you know that if you're a fundamentally bad person like Smeagol, then you basically just see the ring and you want to kill someone for it. Mm -hmm. So Boromir at least held out for for the entire movie. Yeah before he, he went for it. And he, he never really made too much... I mean, he really went after Frodo, but it, he, he kind of remembered himself and died a hero. Whereas Denethor just went out like a madman. Man, Frodo kind of goes for it at the end for a little while. In fact, when you really think about it, it's, it's Gollum who saves the day because... Frodo puts on the ring, he disappears. I mean, who knows what he would have done with it after that. Then the golem literally bites off his finger. Yeah, I mean, I think it was for, like, if that hadn't happened, it's not so much what Frodo would have done with it, it's just that the Nazgul would have 
the remaining Nazgul would have captured him like immediately, and that would have been it. Sauron would have had the One Ring, and all hope would have been lost. So, Gollum, <laughs> Gollum falls into the lava. He's he's so happy because he finally has the ring again. He doesn't care that he's about to die. Yeah. That's how sick in the head that ring makes you. Yep. And then Frodo and Sam are rescued. Eagles come. Yep. I wonder if uh, the Eagles ever start a show, the band the Eagles start a show with uh, a quote from the movie, the Eagles are coming. Maybe, maybe the Philadelphia Eagles should start their games that way. Yo. Yeah, I, I think I've seen Return of the King probably 10 or 12 times. Um, <clears throat> and the extended edition, probably four or five of those. It just, it's, it never gets old. I don't know. I love just watching the movie. And I, I'll, you know, it's funny. Like, you just kind of quote it as you're watching it. You just sort of shout out the next line before they say it. <laughs> I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you. Samwise. All right. Nick, thank you again for doing all three of these with me. We'll, uh, we'll definitely get you on a. Another episode before we get to V for Vendetta, so be on the lookout. Uh, keep your eyes peeled for some movies. I'll look at the top 250 and I'll earmark a, a few of them. <laughs>